This is a podcast about Vancouver, our community, our culture, our quirks, and all the colors that combine to make our city of glass. My name's Mo Amir, and I'll be your host. This is Van Color. Sherlock Knives is it, so I'll hurry up on it. This is Van Color. I'm not going to pretend that I'm an art aficionado, but like many of you, I am someone that appreciates art. It's powerful, man-made, artificial creations of someone's imagination manifested into a physical space. It's evocative, whether it's joy or hope or sadness, or the feeling of just having your senses overwhelmed by shape, color, and size. I'm a fan. And I'm a fan, although certainly not an expert, of public art. By its nature, public art is art for everyone. It's egalitarian, democratic, and communal. You don't need a ticket. There are no velvet ropes. There are no hours of exhibition. Public art can even be iconic to the cultural fabric. Think Chicago and Cloudgate, the East Side Gallery in Berlin, Banksy's Flying Balloon Girl in Israel's West Bank Barrier, the fearless girl and charging bull statues in New York. Over the last few years, we've seen even more public art in Vancouver, and it's added to the vibrancy of our mountains and ocean aesthetic. Douglas Copeland's Digital Orca, Yu Min Jun's amazing laughter sculptures along English Bay, the Harry Jerome and Girl in a Wetsuit sculptures in Stanley Park, Dennis Oppenheim's engagement sculpture at Sunset Beach, even the dude-chilling park sign, That's public art. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge Brockton Point's welcoming totem poles as only one example of the many displays of indigenous art in our city that stands on unceded Coast Salish territories. Today on This is Van Color, I'm joined by an artist, a community and art advocate, a genre-bending musician, a philanthropist, and as of very recently, a father. He's the co-founder of Create Vancouver Society, a non-profit group that promotes art and culture agendas through event and project-based initiatives, which aims to increase market and general awareness of the local art scene by providing meaningful experiences with tangible outcomes. Create Vancouver Society's projects to date include Get Your Heart On and Sing It Forward, which has raised over $200,000 for youth music programs on the downtown east side, garnering today's guest a YMCA Power of Peace Award. One of Create Vancouver's most high-profile projects to date is the Vancouver Mural Festival, Vancouver's largest annual free public art celebration happening August 6th to 11th. And he's also the basis for the indie pop band Hey Ocean. He's one of the coolest, most colorful cats in this city, a true renaissance man, David Vertesi. David, how you doing? Wow, that was, I don't think I've ever had an uh, introduction that's been that great. You deserve it, man. You are a true renaissance hey, man. Thank you. First things first, though, Mazel Tov. Congratulations on the little bundle of joy. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. It's, it's a crazy time for me. There's a lot going on, but it's, it's amazing how you, uh, you just managed to find even more time, especially for a little cute kid like uh like her so cool cool what's yeah. her name mona mona yeah well i do have to say 
you still look good. I thought you'd come in with bags under your eyes and like baby puke on your yeah. shirt, but you're my, looking great. My wife always says I just I, even when I'm really tired, I don't I somehow don't show it. But <laughs> I mean, the, I think the the real advantage for me is like all the things I do, which make me so tired, are also things which give me a lot of energy and excitement. So cool. it sort of evens out in the end. Yeah, you know? love it. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate you being here. Obviously, you're keeping busy. Not only do you have the Vancouver Mural Festival coming up. But Hey Ocean released its first full-length record in about six years a couple of months ago. You've had some tour dates this month. You're really going to kick into high gear in October. And, you know, you've just added on this completely dependent human in your life. Yeah. So uh, just how much caffeine are you going through these days? I do. <laughs> it's a funny question. The, the truth is I actually try and not... To, not to drink caffeine or take caffeine. Good uh, for you. I uh, it makes me too crazy. I feel like it gives me anxiety or something. Yeah. It's, uh, but uh, but I definitely, for me, it's it's all about just like trying to get sleep, mm-hmm. which is in a, a rare commodity when you have a, a newborn <laughs> child. But I feel like we're doing pretty good. We're on the sort of uh, be- the better side of sleep deprived. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like when you have a kid, I think you. Um, I think that's the best case scenario is you're like, I'm really tired. That's the best mm-hmm. case. The worst case is like you're on the floor. I, I feel like we're, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, you, it looks like you're doing good. And yeah. uh, I have to admit, man, I'm in awe. Like you're just <laughs> going through your resume. Guys like you make me feel lazy and, and rightfully so. But oh, man. let's talk about the Vancouver Mural Festival, yeah. which is now celebrating its third year. Mm-hmm. So for, no, for those who are not in the know, what is it exactly? Uh, Vancouver Mural Festival is uh, an annual free public event, celebration of public art. It's the largest free celebration of public art in the city. Uh, and it um, basically we create a whole bunch of murals. So, you know, we've like you mentioned in the introduction, uh, a lot of my work in, in public has been and trying to raise money and things like that. But it's all been around uh, how do you advocate for the arts and mm-hmm. using event based sort of uh, advocacy and uh, so the Mural Fest is sort of the latest iteration of that. Um, cool. And uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty amazing event. It's really a whole bunch of the cultural community comes together uh, to be there, artists and organi- uh, you know, nonprofit organizations and the community. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it's, it's amazing. We create a whole bunch of new pieces of art that go up and they stay up. They're permanent. Uh, they're permanent. Well, as permanent as murals are, but yeah, sure. they're, they're, they're semi-permanent. Um, and then we have a huge party on the 11th of August. Um, and that's what I want to get into. So so there is a street party. Yep. Uh, obviously, you can see the murals anytime, but mm-hmm. August 11th is when you have a big celebration. Where Where yeah. is it? What, what are yeah. the details on that? Okay, so August 6th to 11th is when the festival runs. Every evening you can come down. I mean, every day you can come watch the artists doing the murals. Every evening we have events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on August 11th, we have the Mount Pleasant Street Party, which is... I, this year it's supposed to be over 125,000 people. Whoa. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a lot. And, um, you know, there's endless numbers of murals to explore in the, in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We closed down like 15 blocks, including large, a large stretch of main street at Broadway. Cool. Um, there's music, there's live art, there's, uh, what there's does just, live art mean? That means, there means people making art right there and then so they're wow. making murals small murals some people working on big murals there's interactive activities for art and music and sort of community all sorts of interesting things we really try kind of part of our our i guess it's it's not like our official motto but internally we 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 like to think about 
blowing people's minds. Like we, mm-hmm. we know that the way to really make an impact on the community at large, uh, or the population at large, is to really blow their minds. I mean, they have to have, like you said, this meaningful experience with art that has sure. a tangible outcome. And meaningful can't be, hey, that was nice. It has to be like, wow, I didn't like, I didn't know. You know, they have to be like, right. this was so incredible. So um, we set a high bar for ourselves, and we, yeah, I think we put on one of the, you know probably the best festival in the city in terms of just originality, in terms of around every single corner, there's something new, something different. Totally. It's not just a mall on the street, you know? It's not just like a bunch of shops mm-hmm. lining, you know, Main Street. It's like nooks and crannies and you explore and, and you kind of never know what you're going to stumble on. And every little area of this festival belongs to a different kind of group, local group in a way. Like we give okay. spaces or we hire and bring on local groups that, that put together their programming and so it's not it's not just a beer garden it's a craft beer garden that's that's organized by vancouver craft beer week you know okay cool uh, you know it's we don't have our own dance battles we bring in the vancouver street dance festival and that nice. crew and they put together you know a whole set of programming there it's so ev- everything actually connects to you know a, a group in the community that operates all year long so mm-hmm. it's kind of like a cool taster of all sorts of cultural pieces totally so so beer gardens aside it is all ages you can bring your, your and guess newborn. what the beer gardens are all ages oh it's really all okay, ages perfect. the entire thing is all ages cool. um, family it's specifically really family friendly yeah love um it. like i said there's music we have uh hannah georges and the bell game uh with shui and shamik who are playing at on the main stage at our fest mm-hmm. and then in the evening we have um Live Nation is putting on this amazing event as part of the festival uh, in the park, in Jonathan Rogers Park. It's the first major concert ever in Jonathan Rogers Park, I think. Cool, okay. Um, that we got, we somehow got permission from the parks board, and uh, that's Tribe Called Red. And nice. Charlotte Day Wilson and Teen Days. And that's that's paid, that's a ticketed event. Okay. Um, but it's like 30 bucks, tw- everyone under 12 is free. Uh, Live Nation is like, they're not trying to make any money on it. They're really just like, let's have a great time in our neighborhood. Very and, cool. Yeah. Love it. But uh, aside from that, the the festival itself, that's completely free. Free, yeah. Wow. I, the street festival is all free. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, and I guess some of these permanent or semi-permanent installations will also be part of that yeah. street festival Yeah, I mean, they're all well. around. So yeah. you, you come in, you can get maps. There's a digital map online. Nice. You can get maps by donation on site. Um, we also try and build it. I like, I like festivals to be ex- easy to explore mm-hmm. um i like when it's you have a digital you know way of exploring an analog way of exploring like with a map right and then i like when they're also very intuitive so we we do a lot to try and have it be as intuitive as possible so that you don't need anything like cool. you can just show up and wander around and you won't ever feel lost you'll always feel like you're just you know stumbling upon the next thing yeah you know what I mean? yeah so. very cool so how many artists and, and murals are, are we talking about in total uh you know i think it, it, this is always a funny question because it really depends on on how you, how you cut it and like what you, <laughs> what we qualify because sure. we work with so for instance there's something like 35 artists 35 murals or something like that 30 to 35 murals i think mm-hmm. um but some of those are being done by duos or collectives so that's like you know one of those murals is seven artists um, and then on top of that, we have all the live art and live murals that go on. Um, so those are just right. the official selections. And then we have murals, you know, in the parking lot painted on the ground and on walls and like all these things. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, you know, that you're, you know, it's another 20, 25, 
I don't know. There's, it just keeps going up and up and up. <laughs> and then there's all the events during the week. It's like, but we've done more than, um, I think by the end of this year, our organization will have done more than 150, like 150 to 200 murals wow. in the city. Yeah. That's amazing. I, uh, like so all, cool. all over. Because we did a project in Granville Island this year, mm-hmm. um, Strathcona, and we actually have a big project in Capilano as well. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Um, and outside of the the festival, I believe you're also offering walking tours for some of the, for the yep. murals as well yep. uh, throughout the whole summer. Yeah. Is, is that right? Yeah, we are. Um, you can get info about that on our website, vanmuralfest.com or Vancouver Mural. I think any of those, vancouvermuralfestival.com. Yeah, just Google it. You'll find it. Google it. You'll find it. Um <laughs> Yeah, we're doing bike tours uh, okay, nice. with with Moby Bikes um, uh, for part of the summer. I think they've started now, mm-hmm. um, and then at the festival, and then also yeah, walking tours. Yeah, um, and especially during the week of the fest, we're trying to. We previously did a thing where we were trying to do it every week, you know, all summer, and then they we're like, you know what? Like, let's focus it on the week of the festival because oh, okay, fair that's enough. when uh, I think there is some stuff happening now, but really it's picking up. It's just starting to pick up now with tours because this is when people want to see. They want to go see the murals that are painted, but they also want to go see uh, the mural- muralists as they're working on yeah. the art, which starts basically this weekend. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And it's not just pretty art, as you sort of mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Thematically, these these murals take on provocative expressions of various socio-cultural, even socioeconomic issues that face Vancouverites mm-hmm. and face our communities. Can you tell me a little more about some of these issues that are being addressed in, in mm-hmm. the murals? Uh, I mean, we've been covering the civic election in this city on this yep. podcast, and obviously housing affordability and the cost of living in this yep. city is the number one issue going into the civic election. So I presume that some of these installations will be addressing this is- issue as well. Yeah, you know, we part of the main focus of our festival has always been to just empower artists to, to carry out their vision, um, mm-hmm. typically before this, a lot of murals that you would see were really directed. They were really either directed on a corporate level or they were directed on a community level by saying, you know, we want a mural that represents diversity. So we want a mural that represents every, kind of everything all at once, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of find that, like, it's hard to have, like, a multicultural mural, you know. Like, right. a, a one mural be diverse. Like, that's kind of like, is that really a thing? I don't know. Maybe. That's, that's the art where you have the globe and all the people holding hands. Yeah, and everyone's a different race. That's and the like, one. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> and you get that over. I think that's what happens when you're really prescriptive. You get the same mural over and over. Yeah. And that's why when we first talked to people saying, hey, we want to do a mural festival, they were just like, uh, you know, people, a lot of people in Vancouver didn't understand that there was this sort of movement in muralism to, mm-hmm. to bring, you know, really awesome art to walls that goes beyond that. Yeah. Um, so we, we just feel that like real diversity in, in murals is 10 murals by 10. It's not 10 people in one mural holding hands. It's 10 murals by 10 artists doing what they want. So, right. so thematically we definitely, um, we definitely give the artists as much leeway as possible. Cool. And we work really hard with the building owners to make sure that, the artists are given that mm-hmm. um, as much as humanly possible. Uh, then we do have some community projects. A lot of our uh, affordability is is an interesting one for us. Um, I think the way we come at it really has to do with the art, obviously arts and culture in the mm-hmm. city. And that um, one of the really unfortunate things that you see happen is, I mean, there's an immense amount of fear 
uh, around affordability and which I definitely identify with. You know, I can't live in the area I grew up in. I can't live in the area I lived in for eight years after that. I can't, you know, it's (laughs) artists and everyone in the city is affected by this basically. Um, So the thing for us is that we start to see these areas of the city that become developed and, and there's kind of no life to them. There's no culture. There's no sense of community. Um, and even in whether that's a brand new uh, area like Olympic Village, let's mm-hmm. say, or uh, a, an area like Mount Pleasant, which is having some development happening on the edges of it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and going, okay, well, what's the city's plan to not just build housing, but to build community and to build culture, you know, and and um, to really uh, cultivate, protect culture, but also cultivate culture. Right. Um, and, you know, and what really is their definition of what culture is, you know? So I think those are things that are floating around for us as issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and our hope is that by sort of giving this really sort of powerful visual cue for people, they start to understand a, that there is a population of artists that live and work here. Yeah. And, um, and also that, that there are ways to connect with that community in an easily uh, cost-effective way, especially mm-hmm. for public art. Yeah. And that they, um, it's so complicated because it's like you have, we deal with so many different people. We deal with the city, we deal with the developers, we deal with residents, we deal with, I mean, murals are so odd that way because they, they really, they seem so benign in some ways, but they really sit at the center of a very complex uh, sort of, you know, uh, ecosystem mm-hmm. of, of issues. Well, they're public, right? So you're, exactly. you're dealing with all these different stakeholders who are in the public. Yeah. Well, they're public, but they're, you know, our murals tend to be not, they're on private property. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. So it becomes, there's a bit of a like, well, wait a minute, this isn't a public, is this public art? Is it not public art? Because it's on, it's publicly accessible, but it's not on public property. Right. So that's, that's part of where there's some confusion, even in this internally, civically, I think, is they're kind of like, because the mural program doesn't actually live in the public art program at okay. the city. It lives in engineering and their, their graffiti abatement program. Okay. So they see murals as a way to, you know, deter graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, public art will make murals, um, but also the city views murals as a change of use. So okay. uh, in, in, in terms of uh, permitting. Okay, it's a, right. you, you had a wall, it's just a wall. Now it's, you have to apply for a change of use because it's now a piece of art, I guess. I don't know. It seems kind of weird, <laughs> but that's how it is. So even when the public art says, okay, we're going to put out a, a thing, you know, people apply and they get to make a mural and we support it. They then go, okay, hey, like mural program, you you take it from here, you know, because all the technical sides have to go through engineering. Right. Okay. So it's like this weird, you know, it's this weird, uh, anything in public space in the city is a, is a very kind of, confusing confusing world to live in so i think like uh i've kind of gotten off track but in no, terms no. of this in terms of those the those social themes there's you know there's just a lot we want to do around empowering artists and, and and demonstrating to the city and to developers that you know these artists are here and they need mm-hmm. to they need to respect that and in some cases you know it's like some of these murals are going to get torn down and and we're pretty excited to see what public reaction is um when they start losing art because Mm -hmm. i think art is hard to succinctly say you know for me i i my life is art i love music i love all these things it's i understand 
the importance of art. But for for most people, you know, they, they don't necessarily understand like how important that can be mm-hmm. um, and how vital to a city life it can be. Um, but the thing they do understand is when you take it away from them. Right. You know, yeah. uh, as soon as you, as soon as it's gone, then they know, then they're mm-hmm. like, wow, I, that's not, I don't like that. So mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting to see as some of this area gets the area around main street starts to, those buildings start to go down cause they will, yeah. a lot of them are old buildings and it's all been rezoned what that response is going to be publicly mm-hmm. and also what the response is going to be from developers who are developing that space. Are they going to come in and say, well, we're knocking down this mural. Like we should invest in more public art. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, outside of our community amenity contribution, which is the mandated spend from the city. Mm-hmm. So like those kinds of things, um, you know, we have this one piece by Andy Dixon. I like to think about, uh, which I, you know, in some ways I think of it as being sort of <laughs> a little bit political. I don't know if it's what he intended, but like it's, 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 it's just his studio. It's his, it's a picture of his Mount Pleasant studio. It's a huge piece. It's five, four stories, five stories. Okay, cool. On fourth and kind of between Quebec and Main Street. It's one of the m- biggest pieces we've ever done. And it's this huge image of his Mount Pleasant art studio, right? Yeah. And I know that they're, they're developing that land. Like that's, you know, in the next year or two, like it's going to start building and it's going to be, you know what I mean? Like they're going to obscure the view of that piece. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a huge, uh, it's a big, uh, metaphor for what's going on in Mount Pleasant. Exactly. And how, and how that, how they deal with that and say, okay, how do we, you know, do we still want people to be able to see this, you know, or do we just block it all together? You know, it's this big, uh, it's yeah, I don't but that's know. what's happening in the city, right? I mean, yeah, I mean it, it is, and I think you see some really awesome developers who are really trying to sort of figure out a way to do it in a good way sure. that like keeps that culture there, and like I said, cultivates culture. And mm-hmm. then you see some who are you know maybe a little more careless about it. Um, sure, and, and, and that's the thing is as easy as it is to demonize developers, you know there is an interest that they have to cultivate communities to mm-hmm. make sure that. People see these as livable communities with a vibrancy of people who live and work in Vancouver as well. So it's very much in their interest to to have buy-in when it comes to public art or of colorful spaces where you walk in the neighborhood and you go, this is a pretty cool neighborhood. And, or, this well, is I mean, being able to collaborate uh, with developers on uh, for us has been, you know, pretty amazing. I mean, we've learned a lot, a mm-hmm. lot that we didn't know before. We've, you know, we've sort of seen the world from a bit of a different perspective course um but also we've just found there's uh you know not all the time but definitely a lot of times there's a real willingness to collaborate and a real willingness to kind of learn and i'm not saying that you know everyone gets it right away or everyone gets every aspect of it or you know Mm -hmm. but i don't know people I, i think people disagree on lots of stuff and um just because i disagree with someone doesn't mean that we don't agree on some stuff and yeah. we can't work together on it. You exactly. Know? So that's a great attitude. That's, that's sort of, and for us with main alley, you know, the story there is really important because that alley was, um, uh, this alleyway we worked on, which is like 50 pieces in six blocks or something crazy okay. like that. Wow. Um, if you include the parking lot and like they, um, that alleyway was identified by the community plan for Mount Pleasant, which was like this, crazy debacle where the community made this plan and then it kind of got thrown out Mm -hmm. and instead of making a new rezoning for the area which is something you kind of see in Strathcona like Strathcona has this 
this this zoning there that has been there for a while, which is why you don't see like a million high rises going up there. It's right. it's it's really stuff has to be industrial and retail and like you're, you're that's mostly what goes on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of doing that in Mount Pleasant, uh, my understanding is that they basically did sort of more spot rezoning. Okay. So they they basically said, okay, here's this one plot, and we'll work with this one developer, and then we'll they'll rezone this this plot specifically. Um, and there's sort of different advantages from the city's perspective, but from the community's perspective, there's a feel there. I think there was a feeling that it, there was less control over what the character of the expanding community was going to be, and and being able to make sure that it stayed in line with the values of Mount Pleasant as it stood and mm-hmm. and made sense in that way. Okay. So part of this plan was we thought they this alleyway could be really awesome to activate because people use it as sort of an informal pedestrian route and a bike route right um and anyway that that was there but it kind of got left by the wayside and then when we were we just said look like this is one of the powers of murals is act activating these spaces totally yeah And so we went and talked to all these building owners and businesses all along the laneway um got buy-in um everyone was stoked we went and then we approached ian gillespie and west bank and and ryan holmes at hootsuite and who were developing this campus there mm-hmm. and we just said here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to, you know, this is part of the community plan. We're, we're just, we're just taking it into our own hands and doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, well, what do you need? And I said, well, you know, money. And they're like, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we can give you money because it's not, you know, I don't know. And they were sort of hesitant. And, and then, uh, and then I was like, well, you know what you could do is you could build your buildings so that they can have murals and or sculpture or public space or like mm-hmm. treat the alleyway like like it's a public space like have a plaza like have you know whatever just like don't treat it as the place where the garbage trucks go like this this could be so much more than that yeah and it could be a real awesome thing for the neighborhood and it could connect mount pleasant all the way down to olympic village and mm-hmm. and they're like yeah no like we could get into that that seems really cool um so in the end, they supported one mural. They got a mural, the big Andy Dixon piece that went up that I mentioned. Okay. And then they, now this year, they've actually, they sort of like shifted all their marketing. And now their marketing is, it's called Main, Al- Main Alley. It's all about the alleyway. They've put in wow. uh, plazas. They've put in space for murals. They've put in like, they're investing, you know, more in the festival, but also like saying, hey, I've talked to them and they're like, we want to do more engagement with you know local artists and this kind of thing all over the city mm-hmm. and these other places we're doing it so not just murals but yeah. um so but i love that adaptability where you know you said they said okay what do you need and you said money and they said okay maybe not that but then you came up with another solution of okay, yeah. well, how about we did that how about we do this and well you just try i mean you have to see what people can do and you have to start there i mean totally. and i think that's been you know part of the story of the mural fest was like we had a whole different plan for the mural fest when we first started. Like, so, where, so where I want to get be. into this because I want to know how this whole thing started. And <laughs> you've you've already got into Ugh. it, but you like you need these institutional linkages mm-hmm. with the city, with uh, developers, with other businesses and organizations. So take me take me through it through the timeline of when you came up with this idea to actually making it a reality. Well, we a shortened timeline yeah. maybe. Oof, I know it's yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> a lot of stops along the way. Sure. There's um let me think. You know, really it like I said it or like you mentioned Sing It Forward was a big piece, you know, uh, Sing It Forward which we ran f- for 5 years, 6 mm-hmm. years and um 
and raise all this money for St. James. And that all stemmed out of this desire to invigorate the population with this sense of uh, value, you know, valuing art. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, like, I think my opinion is that there's a lot of issues facing the arts and culture in Canada and locally here and in the province. And I think most of it stems from just like you need a population that gives a shit. Like that's yeah. it. Because if you you know you go over and 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 for me it's it's taking getting rid of this attitude of you know hyper ownership over the arts mm-hmm. by the arts. You know it's for me and, and not everyone agrees with this, but for me like the arts is kind of for everyone. And I think of course there's like parts of the arts that are much more refined and much more thought through and much more educated and, and really specific in fine art and in music and, you know, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but as a whole, art is kind of this big thing that should be accessible to everybody in whatever way they want to engage. And when you go and spend time in like Europe or, you know, I've, for me going and touring in Germany and playing shows and there's like a full room of people who've never heard of me because... They just go to places to listen to live music they've never heard of on a Thursday night because right. they're like, live music is just a thing we do. We just go, you know, the way that someone here would go to a club on a Friday night. Yeah, it's you just know? something to do. And they're like, they're like, oh, we go see live music by these bands we've never heard of, but it's at this bar. They always have good music, so like yeah. we just do that, or we just go to the art gallery, or we just there's like, you know, it's it's not it doesn't have to be such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like seniors and kids and, you know, everyone in between was at these shows. You're just like, why, like, why is it? But you do need those trusted curators like like yeah, yourself, right? that helps. That helps. But I think they, um, you just need this this general population that goes, art is important. Mm-hmm. Culture sure. is important. The same way you've seen a transition in, in environmental issues where, you know, I grew up and there was no, like, recycling when i grew up you know <laughs> yeah. like and now you know we have the, i love those ads where it's like you know the muppet pop can yeah you who get gets, shamed who gets shamed it's like it's shame yeah when i it's not even public shame it's like i put a can in the wrong thing i feel shame yeah. whether anyone's looking or not <laughs> you know and i'm like okay so that that's where we need to get with the arts where when you're making these policy decisions across the board mm-hmm you want to see people going, well, wait a minute, what's, you know, what is the cultural implication here? Like what, you know, is there, or is there a place to integrate art or culture into, into what we're doing? You know, when you're doing, when you're developing space, when you're planning the city, when you're doing the liquor laws, when you're doing, you just need people to stop for a second and be like, wait a minute, what's the environmental impact and what's the cultural impact? Yeah. You know? And like, so how do we get there? And, and I guess like my contribution to that, Mm-hmm. however it, whatever it ends up being is for me i feel like creating these experiences for people and for the general public to be like whoa art is awesome and i never thought of myself vancouver has so much of this people who are like i'm i'm not the type of person i'm not the music guy i don't go to the thing i don't yeah. and i'm like man we have such a cool art scene theater you know fine art and uh, music and of all types mm-hmm. and it's just such a shame for people to be like, oh, I can't go to a concert because I already went once this month and it just seems like it's too much for me. You know, it's so anyway. even live theater. I mean, a, a lot of small productions, it's all people that want to be there, want to do an amazing job. Yeah. And you go to some of these little shows and they'll they'll blow you away. Like, it's so yeah. cool and, it's, and they're great. And we have incredible. I mean, fr- uh, the the Fringe here and, and Push Festival. Mm. And like, I mean, there's just so much great stuff here. Yeah. And you just want the general public to just, just be like, 
maybe I'll give it a try, you know, and not be afraid. I mean, I'm afraid to go to art galleries a lot of the time, you know, I feel (laughs) out of place. So if I feel out of place at art galleries a lot, then like, you know, how does whatever Joe Schmo feel when you, you know, he just got off work. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It is accounting job. And he's like, you know, looking for something to do. And he's (laughs) like, Oh, I'm not going to go there. I feel weird or something. I don't know. I I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration, but I, I, that's sort of how I feel. So, so we started to think of this idea for the mural fest. Mm-hmm. Um, first, it was, hey, maybe we do. It was started as like one mural and being like, we. Uh, I started thinking, you know, murals are really an interesting thing because mu- music and the concerts are so like, they're just temporary, you know, like you, you have this concert and it's so amazing and everyone feels so great. And then like six months later, what, you know, where are we? Yeah. And I think Sing It Forward inspired a lot of people and helped a lot of people and continues to, but I wanted more legacy than that and the murals and then learning more about mural festivals which are sort of a thing that's started in the last five ten years um that just blew me away this idea that you could have this amazing event and then the 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 remnants of it would be there all year you know like that's so fascinating to me um and so we said well this could be cool so i spent about a year a year and a half talking to a bunch of different people that I trust and just saying like, I have this kind of idea, but I mean, who am I? I'm like a musician and like, I, I'm, you know, <laughs> uh, and so I'm asking all these people and, and it just, it was one of those things where the doors just started to open and it, you know, there was a certain element of timing. Um, you know, I think there was a certain element of like who I am and, and the fact that I am in the arts, but I'm a bit removed. So I'm, you know, a lot of the politics are a bit lost on me. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, worried about that i'm worried about the impact we're going to be able to have and um and and also i just think the general public like the kind of success we've had in terms of growth like you you don't get that from being a good festival you get that because people are hungry for this like it's 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 all about the demand it's not about what we're giving them you Mm -hmm. know um i mean we put on a great festival and i'm really proud of it and i think it is awesome but you just don't go from 30,000 people to 130,000 people in three years without like just there being a movement from the public of saying, this is the kind of thing we want to see. Absolutely. So, um, that's sort of what happened all along the way. It was just sort of, I talked to these people and they'd say, you know, who did you have to connect with in, in the city? Was it, uh, like a bureaucratic, everyone. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking a bureaucratic arm or I never worked with the city. Yeah. I never worked with the city before. So I had no idea where to go. Yeah. And I never made a mural before. I can't paint. I'm not a visual artist. I'm very bad at visual arts. So I'm like, I don't even know what to do, where to start, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just started asking people, who do you think I should talk to? Mm. Um, and I had, a, you know, my friend Corey Ashworth, who um, was a radio host on The Peak uh, for a long time. Okay. Um, he, uh, he was like, hey, I know Andrea Reimer. Oh, okay. And yeah. he was like, why don't you talk to Andrew Reimer? So I got a meeting with Andrew Reimer and just came in there and, and said, hey, I have this idea. Here's what, here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then I just said, who should I talk to? Mm-hmm. I didn't ask her for money. I never asked them for money. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just said, like, who, what, like, where do I start? Like, who, if I, if I want to do this, mm-hmm. who do you think I should talk to? And she goes, okay, well, here's some people internally I think you should talk to. Mm-hmm. And then here's some people externally I think you should talk to. And I said, okay, that sounds cool. So I started like talking to people and and kept doing that over and over and over and over. And then I go to those people and say, who should I talk to? Right. And I generally got the same response almost every time. 
And that was that people really loved the idea, but they figured that it would never be able to happen in Vancouver. Hmm. Why? What was the reason they were giving? They always had, they were different, but they always were someone else. It was always, they were blaming someone else, basically. They were always like, this won't happen because of these people. Huh. Or like the the city or the developers or the whatever. It was always some, everyone was blaming someone else. Yeah. Everyone. So even the people that everyone was blaming, like someone yeah. would say, <laughs> well, you know, this department will never let you do that. So then I go talk to that department. They'd be like, great idea, but this department will never let you do that. And then you go to that department and they blame someone else. And it just goes around in a big circle and you end up back at the beginning. And so in the end, we just got people to sign letters of Smart. support. So that we could go back to those other people and say, actually, those that group is supportive of it. Yeah. Um, so we ended up having I don't know, countless numbers of support. One of the big, I mean, probably our big first one was Science World. You know, I'd worked with really? Science World before hey. with Hey Ocean, and, uh, and they're so great, and I have so much respect for their organization, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of everyone else does too. And originally, we were thinking of doing more work down right around Science World. Okay. Um, and so I just went and sp- spoke to my contact there and she was like this is great i'm happy to sign a letter of support saying this idea seems great in principle and mm-hmm. i really think you know david is great and you know just being like i generally support this concept yeah and then i took that someone else and they go oh science world is, is on board you know and it's like <laughs> well, science world's on board and then it's like so it, it's funny how that works but and science world in the end hasn't been involved at all right you know because yeah. we ended up not being able to do it down there yeah but like it, it so it kind of it's an example of like how roundabout it had to go and how long I had to work at it yeah before and then in the end like what was that timeline like about a year or so okay. of working before probably um or more a year and a half maybe of just conversations wow and then uh at the end of that time we had um Andrew Reimer gave me a call and just said the mayor came back from his vacation in Mexico and wants is like really stoked on murals and is wondering why we don't have more murals and why huh. we you know could we have a mural festival or what and he I, he I, he had declared that year that you know without knowing any anything about us right <laughs> had declared this the year of public art you know yeah. in in Vancouver and uh, so she she sort of said. I'm going to let him know and just let him know that you guys are doing what you're doing. And, yeah. And so it's a perfect cocktail of fortune and effort. I mean, it's hard earned luck. You know, that's, uh, I think all, every, all success is just hard earned luck. Course. You just yeah. work your, you work your butt off. What I think is amazing though, is that that's such a human response to, to a big project or a big undertaking to be like, yeah, it sounds great, but we can't do it because of X. And mm-hmm. you were like, okay, well, if we fix X or if we get X on board, can we, are you going to be on board? Yeah. And we also, we were flexible. So it wasn't, we didn't say this is what we're doing. We never Mm -hmm. said, here's what we're doing. We just said, here's what we're trying to do in terms of the outcome. You know, we want to create a big thing with murals and inspire people and, and, and activate the, you know, cultural, or I'll say artists and, and sort of cultural sector around something like this. And we want to inspire people. Like that's, that's really what it was. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know our our slogan, slogan or river or statement mission statement is to transform how art is seen in Vancouver. Right. And so that's what we le- that's that's what we were doing. We never came in and said, "Here's what we want to do, and here's where we want to do it, and here's how it's going to go down." Right. Um, 
And if we did, it was all just fluid. It was all like someone said, well, you can't do that. And we're like, fine, we won't do that. Then what do we do? We'll do it this way. Like, tell us. And it was sort of looking for the opportunity. So Mount Pleasant BIA was a big opportunity where they came along. And well, the city said, conversation with the city, they said, you know who you should really talk to is the BIA. And we said, okay. So we went and talked to the BIA. Same as I've been doing all these other conversations. Sure. The BIA says, well, this is perfect timing because we're creating a new public art program at the BIA and we want to do this thing and we're thinking we're going to paint a bunch of murals this year and maybe we can work together. And we go, okay, how many murals do you want to paint? And they're like, we think we might do two. And I was like, oh, okay, we were thinking of doing 20. <laughs> and they're like, wow, that would be really great. And Lynn, who uh, was at the BIA, was very excited. She loved, loved murals. Uh, and Charmaine, who was there, was just absolutely the first people to really be like, okay, we're here. We're like... We're going to put our money where our mouth is and like yeah. be part of this. And they had had a previous, this is also part of the serendipity of it. Like they, mm-hmm. they had a previous festival called Autumn Shift, which had been happening in September and it had been okay. And it had been sort of going for a while. And, um, and they were like, we're looking for a way to reinvigorate it. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, well, what if you don't do Autumn Shift and instead do the street festival portion of the festival? Mm-hmm. You know, we'll handle the murals and like, we'll use the exact same budget nothing will be different you just we just do it during the festival right for our festival and it becomes our thing and they're like yeah that's really cool so i mean that's a you know what i mean like that's it's it's hard to explain how that stuff comes together you know and like meeting live nation this year was the exact same thing like Mm -hmm. i was at a friend's birthday and these people from Live Nation were there who I've known for a little while and okay and for a while and I and I just started we started talking they said oh we didn't realize you in the mural fest and we just talked and I had said you know I've always wanted there to be this music programming but we we had evening music programming the last two years but we were just like we can't afford it it's mm-hmm. really crazy and and we got talking and then eventually we got onto this Jonathan Rogers Park and I'm like it's a dream to do something there and they're like well let's do it and Apparently their boss had been like, I've been wanting to do a, they've been wanting to do like a block party in Mount Pleasant for like years. Right. Because that's where their office is. Yeah. And they're like, we're, it's not about making money for us. It's like, we don't care. Like it's really, we just want to give back to the community that we're in and we're so excited about Mural Fest. And so, so it's like, you know, I like, I can't, I could never have made that happen. Like it's, it's. Sure. But I think, like I said, you're, you're this talented curator and you're bringing people together and that's I mean that's a lot of work and for for all the people who were perhaps thinking well it's not possible or whatever you know you you were like you said fluid you were flexible and you found ways around it and I think it's just such a great lesson for anyone who's going to take on a big undertaking no matter what it is if you're starting a business or or whatever it is you have to be flexible Mm -hmm. you have to give it time and when you hear no, you got to look for the other opportunities of where there might be. Exactly. A yes. And also just look for collaboration. Like for me, uh, all of the projects I work on are about collaboration. Sure. You know, I, I love doing it. Um, collaborating and sort of empowering other people to do their work mm-hmm. that, that they're excited about um, it is so awesome for me. I love doing that as a producer, yeah. music, um, and in my band. And, um, and I just think you're so much stronger together, you know, and our team that founded the festival, because um, a lot of people are like, you you know, you did this thing. And I'm like, well, I mean, no, <laughs> it's like a group of people who did this. I just got us all into this mess. But, sure. um, but you know, our, our team, uh, like, it just doesn't function without everybody, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and I don't know where we'd be if any one of those pieces wasn't there, you know. Sure. Um, and this team driven by 
this single vision, the single mission. Um, to you and, and, and your entire team, what is the importance of public art in a city? I mean, Why is it important? You know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's sort of this visual representation of, of the culture of the city, you know, mm-hmm. and the people who live there. Um, uh, and, I, and I think it's important in that non-contrived way. So uh, representative of the culture in the sense that it's representative of the people. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's different people putting their visions out into space. I think that's 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 so important, um, and it gives people a sense of identity, you know, in the place. Like that's kind of how I view culture is like, you know, anything that gives people a sense of identity in the place in which they live. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and that can be a park. It can be, you know, a heritage building. It can be, uh, it can be art. It can be all sorts of things. But mm-hmm. that's that's what culture is to me, and uh, or a big part of what culture is. And I completely agree. And yeah. so I think that that visual cue of, of public art is really important because people are, people just are visual. Mm-hmm. And if you you know if if you don't believe it, go look at Instagram, which is <laughs> kind of a sad way to look at it. But, I do several times a day. But uh, you know, <laughs> you know, but also the the murals i mean we put up we put up that first year we put up like 15 whatever 40 murals 50 murals or something yeah and which was insane we planned to do 20 and it just like was like spiraled into this crazy thing we're just like this is crazy everyone wants murals yeah you know um and we also wanted to include everyone uh or as many people as possible and then uh these balls go up and we start having people we had people get mad at us because they were like you bring in all these artists from out of town like they could, they would rather believe that those artists were from out of town. You know, that's their first place they go. Really? Okay. Because they, huh. some people, because they were just like, they couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, and we're like, no, like we eighty still like eighty to ninety percent of our artists are all local. Cool. Okay. You know, every year. Wow. So it's like it's it's it's, you know, I said we've done like one hundred and fifty to two hundred mur- murals. Ninety percent of those are local artists. Yeah. And we almost very, very rarely reuse artists. Interesting. So, I mean, like... That's really cool. Just, yeah. I mean, we try not to. I mean, sometimes in our... We do occasionally, but mm-hmm. in the festival especially, we, like some of our other projects we will, but the festival especially, we're like trying to trying to bring new talent into the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because there's not that... There's not a ton of artists who are working in public art in this way, but there are so many artists in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. There are so many. There's like... I I mean I don't know this the city always throws us around but they say we have the most artists per capita of any city in Canada. Really? Yeah. But huh. and everyone's like that's weird. But then you think about the fact that we have the film industry here. Yeah. And we also have the you know so that comes with animation and like video games and sure. like think of all those industries that are here right? Yeah. And how many artists they employ? How many artists EA employs? You know mm-hmm. to do their games? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of those artists are like or in advertising, design, like all these things, tattoo. Uh, indigenous artists they're like they're you know they're they all went to art school Mm -hmm. they all want to make art yeah and they've all they're now in these jobs and they do this thing and that's super cool but so many of them are like they have their own practice they aren't in galleries because they don't have time but they're like also p.s they live in vancouver so they've (laughs) got to make money to like live here um so this idea of in- integrating a huge number of our artists, I'm not sure the percentage, but a huge number of our artists are first-time muralists. 
So really? we, and we train oh, them, we, we cool. give them training, we give them lift training and certification. And we have like artists help mentor them. We have a series of artists on site throughout the whole festival who are our zone leaders, who are experienced muralists, who can mm-hmm. give advice to these artists to help them carry out their so visions. So you're not just making like, you're not just providing a platform for this community. You're helping to really cultivate this community mm-hmm. as well. Because we just want people like, my dream is that in a few years, the mural festival won't happen anymore. That's my dream, you know, okay. because the whole point was to transform how art is seen in the city. Right. You know? Yeah. And like, I want to have done that. Gotcha. Okay. Like I the see. whole point of a nonprofit is should you, you should, you should accomplish what you set out to do and exactly. then you don't exist anymore. You yeah. Know? And, makes sense. And I, I don't have any need to be here for all time and, and just doing the same thing every year. I want to make, we want, our team wants to like make a difference. And I want to I want to see a city where artists. It's easy for artists to create in public space. Cool. Like I just want yeah. them to be able to do it and yeah. not need some crazy translator like our organization mm-hmm. to deal with all the red tape and the you know insanity to try and so they can paint on a wall. Right. You know, like that would be incredible. I would I would be like, wow, we're we did it. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think you've just made like an excellent case for. When you talk about the number of artists that are in this city, um, just an excellent case for why we need to promote things like like public art as our city, which which is quite a young urban landscape, continues mm-hmm. to define and redefine ourselves, right? Oh, yeah. We're so young. And I think that's a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're um, – I, th- I like to think of this example like uh, when you think about how Vancouver is laid out, you know, it's laid out so perfectly – you know, with the streets on the grid, except for Kingsway, but let's not talk about <laughs> Kingsway. But like the streets are on this grid and it's numbers this way and names this way. Mm-hmm. And the names are in kind of clusters of types of names, you know, so you can tell what part of town you go. Oh, it's a tree. You're on the West side. Like, you know, right, right. like that comes from a young city because mm-hmm. when they built Vancouver or as they built Vancouver, city planning has is existed. You know, this idea of like, how do you plan a city? You know, that's existed Mm -hmm. versus you go to London and the streets are laid out like a birthday card. You know, it's like someone signed over here in the corner. Someone (laughs) signed big over here. You know, it's like it's nuts because, you know, it was this and then it burnt down and then this other thing happened and then it was that. And they built this on top of this and everything's all the zoning is grandfathered for hundreds of years or Mm -hmm. whatever. You know, there's stuff they do in even Quebec where where they're just like, yeah, you can't change that law because it's just been here forever. And. It's just the way it is, yeah. you know. And I love this because we had uh, Vancouver mayoral candidate Kennedy Stewart on the podcast oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, he's also a bassist for uh, oh, yeah. his band is called it was called State of Mind. They oh, won yeah. a couple of West Coast Music Awards, and he also brought up this idea that Vancouver is very much a teenage city in its development. And he did he literally did the exact same thing you did in terms of juxtaposing it with London. Yeah, uh, he didn't use the birthday card analogy, yeah, which yeah, I think yeah. is really good. But uh, but you look at these other thing. cities, it's 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 like that. So I think um, you know we we have a lot of growing up to do, yeah. and part of that is just like relaxing a little bit about how things some of this stuff works. And that's not all on the city, right? Like that's mm-hmm. also provincial and federal. Like there's all sorts of a lot of the stuff that people talk about is. It's rarely one level of government yeah, that has exactly. all the control. I mean, you look at affordability and you're just like, man, like this is <laughs> it's so complicated. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I, uh, it's it's so nuts. But the um, yeah, so I think in the in arts, it's 
you know, you're fighting those battles. You're just trying to be like, well, why not? Mm-hmm. Why can't I have this concert in this park? Yeah. There's no residences around. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, like, well, come on, like, let's figure it out. <laughs> and, you know, but everyone's like, well, this is kind of how we've done it or, you know, or whatever on the streets or, mm-hmm. you know, when we applied for our festival, we, you have to go through the fest committee. That's how this works. Okay. Uh, and there's a committee, so it's, they do film, they do film the special events. So they basically, if you're a film company or a festival or whatever, you, you know, you come in, you're like, here's what we want to do. We want to block off this street and do all this stuff. And, and you have to deal with this committee and the committee has police and fire and like all these, all these different groups mm-hmm. that are affected by street closures and things like that. Um, but it's a bit confusing. It's not like super, uh, straight ahead because every every situation is a bit different, right? It's, sure. There isn't really a one set of like, this is exactly how it works. Um, but I remember going to them and talking about where our stage would go. And I was like, I'd love our stage to be at Broadway in Maine. Yeah. And they were like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and I was like, well, wait, I want to put a music stage at Broadway in Maine. Not a huge one, but just like a medium-sized one. Broadway in Maine. And I'll run music from 1 p.m. to like 5.30 p.m. So like four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. On a Saturday, mm-hmm. I'm already closing down the entire street. Like, you know, it's already, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're telling me I can't put a stage there. And they're like, no, no sound. sound. I'm like, this is, this is the biggest, this is the, one of the busiest intersections in the entire city. Yeah. And they're like, no sound. We'll get complaints. And then somehow we ended up with it at 11th in Maine. And okay. I don't know how that's that different, but it is yeah. for whatever reason. And so it's, I think some of those processes, you know, they're, it's just hard to understand. It just takes time or whatever, I guess, is what I'm saying. It takes yeah. time for people to be like, well, they, they, they need to see examples of it happening and people not dying. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then they go, oh, that wasn't so bad, you know? Uh, people are still blown away by the fact that all our beer gardens are all ages. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I'm surprised myself when you said that. Family friendly. We call them family friendly beer gardens. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's because... Why why can't I go in with my kid and have a beer? Like it's yeah. just you know my kid's not drinking. <laughs> you know, every, like most other places in the world, you wear a wristband. Actually, most other places in the world, kids are drinking probably. But yeah, but in a lot of other places like Vancouver, you go in, you get a wristband, you know, and you, okay, you can drink or you can't drink. I yeah. Mean, it's, well, I was in Munich last summer, and um, they have these beer gardens everywhere. And, drinking in the street. Yeah, and it's no one cares. Like you, you're in there with your kid, your family, whatever. No one's checking. No one's, you know. I was told when we were there that actually they have their rule. I love this. Germans are so common sense. <laughs> um, someone said this to me. They're like, the Germans are so rule-based. Yeah. My brother has lived there for a very long time. and But their rules are really good. Yeah. So they're like, yes, they have a ton of rules and everyone follows the rules, but they have a lot of really good rules. So one that someone was telling me about was that uh, – that you can't get arrested for being drunk in public. So like okay. there's no you're drunk, you're too drunk. Yeah. There's just you're being disorderly. Right. So it has nothing to do with what you could be you could get that if you were yeah, if you're drinking. If you're sober, you could if be you're sober or you're drinking, if you're starting to be disorderly in public and like, you know, mess with stuff in public space, then yeah, you could get arrested. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if you're drunk and you're just sitting there like you can't just be arrested because you're drunk, right? You know, like, and I love that because they're just saying no. It's about the a- like, it's about the action. That's mm-hmm. that's what we're upset. We're not upset that you drank too much. Yeah, we're upset that you acted like an idiot. Yeah, you know, and you did all this stuff. And I just I remember someone telling me that and being like, 
That's so genius. Well, know? they're all about, like you said, rules-based, but rules-based towards efficiency. Yeah. Right? And things have to make sense. So it doesn't make sense to put resources towards seeing who's drunk in public, but it's better to to direct resources to people that are being disorderly. Yeah, they're like, drink in public. Who cares? Yeah. Like, drink in public. That's not a problem. And I, they're super chill. You're not hurting me. Yeah. The moment you are hurting me, though, then you're in trouble. But, uh, you know. And, and it, all their beer gardens are just super chill. Everyone's having a good time. There yeah. are families there. There's young kids. Or, Man, I mean, we sold at, young at, at Granville there. Island. We sold so much beer. Yeah. So much beer. A, a bunch of the breweries, because we had a bunch of craft breweries, a bunch of them were like, they were all going back to their breweries to get more beer. They were like, <laughs> Amazing. Freaking, they're like, we brought way more beer than we thought we needed and we're selling so much beer. Cool. And it was the chillest yeah. time. And there were kids there all the way up until 9 p.m. when we closed. Nice. Dancing with the DJs and like just the vibe in that place was so relaxed mm-hmm. because people, you know, they're not walking around being like, it's a frat party or whatever. They're walking around being like, yeah, was, we're hanging out. We're all hanging out. We're just having some beer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, but it's you know one thing one one step at a time. Absolutely, yeah. Now we we've, we've talked about Germany a little bit, but I want to go back to this idea of Vancouver being an art city or mm-hmm. quote unquote public art city. You know, how are we establishing ourselves as an art city or a place that people would come to see art? When you compare ourselves, obviously we're a lot younger, but comparing to known, well-known art cities like Paris, New York, Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. Mexico City. Chicago, London, obviously. Yeah, yeah. How how are we doing? What do we have to do next? You know, I I, I won't. I don't want to say that I know what we should do. Uh, I think I think we just have to keep doing what we're doing. Kind of. I, mm-hmm. I think we. Uh, but I really believe in just giving more space to artists and making it easier and more accessible for them to create in public mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. I I you know we we're we are really uh excited to have strong relationships with the city internally Mm -hmm. with staff a lot of staff um talking about some of these issues and trying to be a part of creating new policy and or rejigging policy that exists and creating pilot programs and things like that yeah um specifically surrounding um the creation of this kind of art. I mean, mm-hmm. especially murals. I mean, I, because the truth is like, you know, your, your buddy and his dog aren't going out to like make a brass, you know, hundred foot brass sculpture. You know, right. it's like, it's, <laughs> that's expensive. And that's, and that, I think that art's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like, um, you know, I love Copeland's uh, golden tree and things like that. Like, I think that art is really important and mm-hmm. the city does, does that well. And, and I, don't think that should go away. Mm-hmm. I do think that muralism and street art and some of those related and graffiti, especially like, you know, those are really accessible mm-hmm. um, forms of public art. Um, and there's ways you can make that even more accessible to people and artists. Um, but you need a bit of translation there because the city might look at their system and say, this is really simple. Actually, we, we think this is really simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, well, if, if you're, if you understand the city and you're a bureaucrat, you know, or you have some experience with bureaucracy, like, yes, Maybe this is kind of simple, mm-hmm. but you know, if you're an artist who doesn't deal with that and isn't necessarily well versed in that and isn't going to be anytime soon, yeah, that's uh, quite a challenge. It is really a challenge, and yeah. so it's a really deterrent. It's a big deterrent. Um, so that's one piece. There's some some policy there that I'd like to see changed, um, and some of that is even just. Ref- to be honest, the city does some things 
diff- like they do some things that aren't quite what's the written policy. Okay. Like it just has become because of precedent. They've like, oh, we'll do this, and then they do it, and then it's precedent, and then they sort of do it again. So in some ways, they actually just need to like revisit and write down the way they're doing things now. Right. Which is just a bit different than what's in the the letter of okay. those rules. Yeah. Um, and then there's some other stuff I'd like to see changed. The other thing is, uh, you know, a big goal for us is to see the creation of a pilot program for free walls. So um, a format where anyone can create art on walls without any permission. Cool. At okay. Any, at any given time. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've been in talks with the city a little bit about it. Um, where have you seen that before, free walls? Uh, you'll see it in like Melbourne and obviously you see a fair amount in Berlin and, okay. and, uh, and some other cities, I mean, uh, in controlled areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking at. You know, there's two, I'd say there's three things that I'm really interested in. And one is, um, figuring out a way to do, so free walls. So similar to the process now. So the process now is. You're a nonprofit or you're an artist and you come and you say, I want to paint this mural on this building. And you have a building owner who signs the agreement and says, I'm aware that this person wants to do this. Mm-hmm. And the city mural program will give you $2,000 worth uh, towards uh, reimbursement towards supplies. Oh, okay, cool. So they won't pay the artist, but they're like, we'll cover your paint and they get crazy discount on paint from deluxe mm-hmm. paints. And so, I mean, unless you're doing something giant, like that's going to cover all your supplies. Gotcha. Um, so that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it basically leaves the business owner or the building owner to p- potentially pay the artist or the artist to say, hey, I just want to make art in mm-hmm. public space. So whatever. So what we propose what we propose is saying, well, what if uh, you were able to do that same exact same thing, mm-hmm. but it was for a free wall. So you were saying, hey, I've got this wall. Uh, let's say you can only do it in alleyways just because then maybe that'll be easier for the city. Sure. So in alley, it's in an alleyway. Um, uh, or it's not the front of my building and it's tagged by graffiti all the time and I want to apply to have it be a free wall mm-hmm. um, which means that anyone can create any art they want on it at any time uh, as long as it fits certain decency guidelines just like the murals the yeah. murals are the same thing like you can't have a big mural of you know extreme violence or things like that um, and if that is the case if someone does come and draw a piece of hate language or something like uh, you know I'll clean it out. I'll wipe, you know, same way you would if there was a problem with a mural. Mm-hmm. I'll fix it. I'll get rid of it and I'll upkeep it. Yeah. You know, which is what we have to do when you do a mural. You sign on, you say, I'll make, I'll look after the mural for two years. So the mural festival looks after all these murals. Oh, okay, cool. With work, with help from the BIA. Yeah. So there's graffiti. We go and we, we clean it up and like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm like, well, why can't you just do it that way? Because these businesses are getting hit by fines. And if not fines, they're having to pay out of pocket to like clean their walls all the time. Right. In right. the back alley in like Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I can't stop this from happening <laughs> every week. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, you know? And if they were able to be like, no, this is just a, this is a free space. Mm-hmm. And I'll make sure that it's nothing inappropriate, but I shouldn't have to like clean it up every all the time and or whatever yeah and 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 we've talked to lots of people who are really into it they love the idea and you invite graffiti writers you invite muralists you can invite um uh you know uh, art school high school whatever you know art organizations art arts groups whatever mm-hmm. to be like come and 
do public art, come and practice doing public art, right. you know, use these spaces in that way. So you could do it either as individual buildings or you could look at these other like more like zones, which is what you'd see in like Melbourne, where it's like this whole block, you know, stretch of alleyway um, where they say, hey, this whole block in this alleyway is just go crazy. You mm-hmm. know, anyone can be here. Uh, and potentially you invite muralists down to, you know, to kick it off and set the tone. But so that's one piece. And then the other thing is um, retroactive permitting. Okay. Uh, so that's fine. They kind of do this occasionally, um, but finding a more regular way so that if I don't know if you know, you know the guy, I, I heart, he's a, he was in our festival in the first year. He's a, he's quite a well-known uh this is going to be my first festival. I was oh, going to tell you about that afterwards. So, so yeah. it's, 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 he's a he's a big street artist, kind of okay. in that Banksy sort of stencil style. Okay, yeah, um, but cool. he has sort of his own kind of thing he goes for. Uh, anyway, but he does a fair amount of art illegally. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty awesome art that people really like. Yeah, um, you can talk to some you know parks park board members and stuff. <laughs> it goes up in the park, and they're like. You know, Mike Weeb is like trying to protect it so that it won't, you know, like, please don't paint it out. You know, right. can't we just keep it? <laughs> and they're like, oh, if we do that, then we, you know, then we have to allow all this stuff. It's like, mm. well, no. If someone comes and does a piece of art on your building, you know, you should be able to say, I'd like to reverse permit, th- I'd like to retroactively permit this. So right. you go through the exact same process a mural does. And that is, and this is every mural they do this with, including mm-hmm. ours. They send out a notice to the surrounding however many blocks mm-hmm. and like physically in the mail okay, <laughs> with a picture of the design of the mur- proposed design of the mural. Really? Okay. And then people have like 10 days to write and, and or call and say, hey, I'm, I don't like this or this is offensive. And then the city sort of sorts through that to be like, okay, if this is this kind of one crazy person or is this like seemingly like a, an actual even if the thing. mural's like in an alley where yeah. you it's not visible to you in in your residence or business no, or no, really yeah they still anywhere do that. anywhere if you're part of the mural program yeah huh. so they uh you know it's no it's a bit it's a bit annoying but it's uh it is good you know yeah. what i mean like from our perspective when we're trying to get things done it's one of those things like ah but yeah it's good that we do this um so same thing you know, iHeart puts a cool piece on your wall and you're like, wait a minute, I want to keep this. This is amazing. You yeah. Know? Banksy did a piece on my wall. I want to keep this. <laughs> What's my process? Like, I should be able to go to the city and say, I'd like to apply to keep this. Mm-hmm. They send a notice to the neighborhood. People get a chance to say, you know, I'm okay with this. I'm not okay with this. And if people say, hey, we're not okay with this, and you go, okay, I'll paint it out. Yeah. But if everyone goes, actually, we're totally fine with it, then he's like, cool, I'd like to keep it. Yeah. You know, um, those kinds of things are, are policy that would really enable that freedom of sort of speech and art in public space. Yeah. Um, I I honestly think that no matter what city council looks like next year after this election, they should appoint you the public art czar and you should just (laughs) no, 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 no. Well, you would just give them policy recommendations. Yeah, right. No, public (laughs) art, yo, public art is a really crazy thing. And, and, uh, Eric who's, who's there and, and, uh, Branislav who's on, on, uh, culture i mean they're awesome i mean eric mm-hmm. is so great um who's the head i really like eric um so smart and just so well versed and knows so much more than i do but i sure. uh, what i i know about this little area you know yeah. and muralism and like and sort of this more street level art mm-hmm. um but there's all these like uh regulatory red tapes that i ne- i never thought about well, it's right. just because we've been doing it. it. Yeah. I didn't think about it either until I did it. You yeah. know? And now we've done all this stuff and we know all this. 
we know so much stuff that we can't unknow now. Totally. You know, it's just there. Yeah. And yeah, people don't realize you put up a mural, there's all these parts to it. It's it's really it's really complicated. Um, you know, we don't just go around and say, let's put up a mural and then put it up. It's like there's an immense amount of stakeholder management, an yeah. immense amount of red tape and bureaucracy. And that's kind of our raison d'etre for mm-hmm. for our organization is like we are that we do all that shit that the artist shouldn't have to do yeah, you know or it. don't know how to do so the artist can just show up and create paint, yeah. you know and we work with the building owners and and so and the business owners so that we're actually matchmaking artists so when the, when we show a building owner an artist we already we've already talked to them about what kind of stuff they're going to like or actually more usually it's more specifically certain things they won't like mm-hmm. so they end up seeing the artist and they go love this yeah and then the artist can do what they want they don't have to like micromanage what the artist is going to do they're already stoked you totally know? so if but if the artist has to go and talk to the building owner i can tell you now there are things <laughs> that building owners say that would make it really hard for any artist to like you know grin and bear it mm-hmm. um but we're okay because we know hey eventually we'll get them there yeah stakeholder management as you said I think yeah that's, that's it's fantastic. huge so so i think like you know we love getting to be and i love getting to to be part of the conversation and that's i you know i don't have any aspirations in in being within the system mm-hmm. as much as just being an an active participant in our city and sure. and in and in the that sort of culture building and and then being there to say hey i have thoughts and ideas and mm-hmm. if, if anyone cares to hear them at any point or like or not whatever yeah. you know just i think we and that's that's kind of where we're at right now, and and that's what's really cool is have, getting to talk with you know public art department and or public space department and say, and they say hey like we love your feedback, mm-hmm. just and it's because we're collaborators we're not. It's this kind of collaboration I think that people would really benefit from. I think thinking about collaboration not as, um, you know we're working together on a project, mm-hmm. but you have to think about it as like we're working together on like I should say this differently. We're not working together on, to achieve a goal. We're working together to achieve each other's goals. Right. You know, and yeah. so when you walk in and you say, what is it you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then you're like, okay, well, how can what I'm doing intersect with that? And be flexible and willing to say, hey, maybe I should, if I was doing this a little bit differently, actually, maybe it would, it, there would be this synergy and it would make it a lot easier for us to work together. Yeah. I mean, that's so so valuable because now we're in this position where yeah we get the city p- people at the city staff at the city who just say you know once the mural fest is over we'd love to sit and get some feedback about how you feel the pro- the process works and can we tweak it and um we're not the be all end all of any of those decisions we just you know we get to say something and it's great that you're an active Which, participant in those yeah. uh, in in that feedback that leads to decisions. Yeah, right? and I think a lot of people are at an od- are at odds with the fact that they feel like they have no voice. Mm-hmm. But I think and and they end up getting kind of like abrasive with it because they feel they have no voice. Right. Whereas like I I um, and I'm definitely in a privileged position to be able to do that. But I definitely I don't know, I'm just a fan of like trying to build those bridges and and sure. build that collaboration. Um, and sort of treating people with respect, even when you don't agree with what they've done or what they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. you're kind of going, well, like, I just want to have a conversation kind of thing and figure figure out if there is any way that we can work together on this. And, yeah, and in the that. end, I mean, you can see the fruit of our, of that, 
approach. Exactly. Yeah. You know, all over the results are there. Absolutely. Um, I want to go back to this idea of, of, of culture. Um, and, and one of the programs you just started when we talk about narratives and defining our culture, one aspect of our city's place in the world is, is our past and respect for Coast Salish and indigenous people whose unceded territories Mm -hmm. we're currently occupying. Last year, the Vancouver Mural Festival started some indigenous programs. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, it's one of the most incredible parts of the work that we've gotten to do. Um, for me, it is at least. Um, yeah, we've just been learning. (laughs) I mean, and just being like, how can we, uh, you know, how can we have some sort of positive impact, uh, you know, however big or small on reconciliation, on Mm -hmm. sort of this idea of re-indigenization or decolonization. Um, and so in our first year, it was really, you know, kind of inclusion. It was, you know, we didn't know as much about it. And although it's something that we all cared about, it, we didn't quite know exactly how to engage. And also mm. in the first year, you're kind of going like, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make it happen. Sure. So we had some great Indigenous artists who were part of the festival in the first year. Mm-hmm. And then in the second year, we, you know, we got some great feedback and, and really took it to heart and spent all year just really trying to connect with you know, uh, artists and, and organizations and different communities here to just say like, how do you know, what is the right way to engage and what can, what can we do that makes sense and is empowering and and is enabling rather than prescriptive or, you know, we, we're, we're just trying to, to be a helpful ally in, in sort of this, uh, I don't want to say battle, but in this sort of situation that mm-hmm. that we we find ourselves in at this point in time, um, so we we kind of have three sections of I'd say what I'd call it three sections. I mean, it's there's sort of let's just say there let's say there's two real sections of the of the indigenous program. So one, actually no, there is three. So three. <laughs> uh, so one is we do indigenous youth programming. Okay. So that's working with existing um program programmers or, or like indigenous uh artists who do work with youth or mm-hmm. working with organizations like urban native youth association and friendship center and and those kind of groups and then um to do workshops and and empower youth to do art and, and cool. even bring okay. them in to help with some of the murals oh nice and okay do their own art which uh you, you can see at our festival certain places you'll see these um, these hides are fake hides made out of canvas, okay. but shaped like a stretched animal hide. Right. Um, and then we'll bring those in and the, the students, you know, kids of all age, all these different ages will like do art and do group art and nice. stuff on okay. And then we hang them all, you know, all over some of the events. Um, so that's one piece. Mm-hmm. The other piece is what we've been, what was explained to us as vi- uh, visual sovereignty. So it's, that's how we feel the murals can play a role in in reconciliation and and, and that is to say that um, we can use indigenous art in mural form as a way of bringing visual sovereignty for indigenous peoples in na- neighborhoods where that visual identity has been lost mm. so mount pleasant for instance maybe you know 2 years ago 2 and a half years ago um, i mean had very very little i mean i 
almost no indigenous art. Mm-hmm. Very little. Yeah. Um, and now it's home to like a whole bunch of it, you know, and this art has a really important role to play because it provides for non-indigenous uh, residents, it provides a reminder of the land that we're on. Mm-hmm. Um, for indigenous residents, uh, whether those are urban aboriginals or um, or local land-based nation, First Nations, um, there is a sense of ident- of like being able to see yourself or a or a relative sort of uh, culture reflected back to you in these areas. Mm-hmm. And it, it what was explained to us was that there's a it. In, it helps people feel more comfortable in those lo- places, not so ghettoized into areas like the downtown east side and Strathcona, right? Okay. Which is traditionally where that has been, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we deal with that. We deal with that too when we're putting up indigenous art. Sometimes, you know, people being like, "Well, I don't know." Like in my neighborhood, like it's crazy. It's crazy that indigenous art is just so political. Yeah. Inherently, even when you're like, it's just it's a really nice piece, and, all, and they're just like, <laughs> "Oh, but I don't know if I want my building to be political." You know, right, and I'm just yeah. like, it's not political. It's just indigenous, but it's like it is political inherently, you know, because of the history. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. And then the other piece is what we call special projects. So um, last year we did a, a piece, um, ended up being just after the festival in the end, but it's part of it, which is uh, called the Healing Quilt, okay, which is right next to here on uh, basically Abbott and Hastings, okay. Um, big empty lot there. We did a 10-story mural working with the Downtown Eastside Center for the Arts and uh, Culture Saves Lives and Portland Hotel Society um, to uh, about the overdose, or I should say the fentanyl poisoning crisis. Mm-hmm. So um, three Indigenous artists made a huge healing quilt, star blanket with um, a Coast Salish um, Thunderbird on top. Okay, wow. Um, it's a really powerful piece, and mm-hmm. they had a huge sort of ceremony there, invited some people down from the island uh, where one of the artists is from, where they've had a lot of people die. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really powerful. So that was a m- major project for us. And then the other, this year we're working with Deborah Sparrow, uh, who's a Musqueam weaver and designer, um, who's quite well known. Her family is basically responsible, well... Her, her family and a few others are basically responsible for saving this kind of weaving that's from this region. So it's not just Coast, it's not Coast Salish weaving. Okay. It's actually Coast Salish, but to this area. So like, oh, I see like uh, the three nations here, but also some of the surrounding area as well. Okay. Um, and they, they've like saved it from extinction. It's crazy. M- uh, Museum of Anthropology just had a big uh, exhibit on it this year. Okay. Um, Anyway, Deborah, I mean, she's she's in a Musqueam elder. I, she wouldn't, she would say, I'm not an elder, but <laughs> uh, she's like, I'm still young. She's amazing. She is just a force. And she's done this work for so long of trying to maintain, you know, keep this uh, visual language alive. Um, yeah. And, you know, Vancouver, uh, indigenous populations in big urban environments, it's always hard, right? I mean, you go up to, to Haida Gwaii and that culture is quite preserved mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways uh, and the art um, down here a bit less so it's it's there's so much and especially an influx of a lot of different um, uh, indigenous groups mm-hmm. so what's insane here is that most people that I would show 
these designs to. So we we basically were making murals based on these designs, these weaving patterns. Okay. And the idea is we want to bring these into public space and and have people remember that this is the art from here. Right. <laughs> That's what right. it looks exactly. like. Yeah. You know? But I do these proposals and I'll show people and say, we're going to do this indigenous piece. Here's a story, blah, blah, blah. And they go, that's great. And then they see the mock-up and they just go like, wait, I thought it was going to be indigenous. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is yeah. indigenous. But they're, they're waiting to see a Haida form line piece. Right. And right. that's kind of, that's they're like, well, isn't that what indigenous art looks like? And you're like, I mean, if you're Haida, then yes. And mm-hmm. yes, there's influence from that and other art and, and, but, you know, they don't even recognize the art that's from their own, where we live. Yeah, yeah. You know, because of all these crazy reasons to do with, you know, colonization and stuff. So um, that's the fight that Deborah and a lot of other local Salish artists, Coast Salish artists have been fighting is, mm-hmm. well, that's great. You're seeing, uh, you know, someone from Vancouver Island or, you know, all these, the interior or all this <laughs> Haida, Gwai, but you're just like, what about... Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh and Musqueam, you mm-hmm. know, like what about these three? Where's our art? And how are we helping to build capacity for younger people to be creating that art? And yeah. So that it's not just three people who know how to do it, you know? Um, so that's Deb- that's Deborah's work. Like that's her kind of life work, it seems. Um, yeah. So for us, it's just like such a crazy honor to get to help her. So we're doing, uh, the plan is to do three this season. Okay. So we painted the pillars of the Granville Street Bridge, two, two of the pillars in Granville Island. Okay, cool. As part of the Art Smash event that we ran with Granville Island in May. Mm-hmm. And now we are going to be doing a major piece in Mount Pleasant. Even bigger piece. Okay. I can't tell you where it's going to be. That's fine. <laughs> because. <laughs> I can't wait to see it wherever it is. Yeah. I can't tell you where it's going to be because I don't want to jinx it. Sure. No, no, I understand. But uh, I understand. that'll come out soon enough. But we're, I mean, a major, major piece. Yeah. So, and, that's then, so we're, cool. and then we'll have one more probably in the fall, in September. But um, that's been amazing. So that's kind of, those are like, that's like, we consider that a special project because it's, it's kind of lives in its own world. Yeah. Uh, and it really it does stem from more than just the straight up curation. Yeah. I, I love this. I mean, I, I just think it's so impressive how, from the inception of this this yeah. bigger idea, each year you've just expanded the scope of mm-hmm. what this festival and, and what this vision is. And I'm almost curious, like... It's too much. No, no, I think it's great. Like, I mean, it's impressive. No, I wasn't asking. I'm saying oh. it's, it's too much. I'm, I'm saying that it's too much. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm actually curious about you personally in terms of mm-hmm. what is your guiding principle or perhaps even secret to making this thing so big in such a short time and i know there's a lot of work in it so i'm not taking anything away from that but but it's collaboration and just yeah it's really that i mean that flexibility you you said and and dedication to you know unwavering dedication to sort of this those principles and those that vision of like here's what we're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. um in an in an over sort of arching way as opposed to like getting stuck in the weeds of like, but I was going to do this, you know, right? it was going to be this artist and they were going to paint this wall and it was going to be like this on this place at this time. Like that, none of that matters. Like you have to be flexible. Um, and, and I think, yeah, you just, um, yeah, you have that vision and then you have to be flexible 
and then you collaborate. Yeah. And, and that's, you're clearly that's, really good at bringing people together and and getting people on board. I mean, my, you and your organization. I feel like my yeah. band has been the training ground for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we are three very different people, and somehow we. There's only still, three of you there, though. I know. Well, there weren't. There were more than that. Sure. At one point, there were four of us. Okay. Originally, um, and then, and then our drummer changed, and then our drummer changed again, and then our drummer changed again. Right. You know, it's like we have a lot of people we end up working with, but especially between the three of us in our mm-hmm. band, like, man, just like. Getting us all on the same page and or like I feel like that was a huge training ground for me in yeah. how to like just like work with people who don't think the same way as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I always did it successfully, but um, somehow this the rest of this seems like a piece of cake compared to that. Sometimes. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, I think collaborating and that's how it, it seems to get so big. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we say we're doing this, and then these guys come in and say we want to do that. You know, and these people come in and say, well, what, you know, what if we did this? You know, Live Nation is running that event. Yeah. But it's like, your event's getting bigger. I'm like, I mean, it is, I guess, but technically our name's not on, like, our name's on the marketing for it because it's co-promoted, but we're not running it. Right. Okay. You know, Live Nation runs that. Yeah. You know, um, same with um, a lot of these projects, these community projects and and stuff that we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, like those are organizations that come to us. Or that we're talking to just saying, hey, you know, let's get involved. And it's just like, let's do a thing, you know. And all of a sudden, it's this extra thing. It's another thing. It's this. It's that, you know. And and so that collaboration, you're just so much stronger that way. We have an amazing project we've been working on for the last year or so. And by working on, I mean trying to convince people to let us do it. (laughs) And that is to paint a big... Um, hopefully you'll see this next year in the fest because okay. it didn't happen this year, but it's looking like it could happen next year, which is we want to paint the side of the Harry Stevens building, okay. which is in Mount Pleasant. Um, and we want, uh, Harry Stevens um, is, was a politician mm-hmm. in Canada. He's uh, I think one of the only BC politicians to ever have a federal building named after him. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, sort of cool, except when you know that he's the person who's, Basically responsible for the Komagata Maru incident. Oh, so not that cool. So not that cool. <laughs> so, which of course there's been a you know a federal apology for that whole thing and all this stuff. But there's still this building and it's on Tenth and Main. Yeah, <laughs> you know, on Tenth and Quebec, and um, kind of sits there on on uh, mm. interestingly. But we've done a bunch of work in that alleyway. So we we were like, we want to paint this building. We want to paint the back of this building. Yeah. we want to do a mural here, and we want it to be about. Komagata Maru. Oh, I love uh, it. And we want it to be created by, you know, the South Asian community. And mm-hmm. like, so for us, it's, you know, we basically are trying to put together artists and trying to put together, uh, you know, community group, like just people who know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, and, and are interested in doing this from the South Asian community. Cool. And then our job is like, let's get the permission from the you know, the building and the federal government to paint their building, which yeah. is not easy. And, you know, like, let's put it all together. Let's write the grant. Let's do all the stuff. Like, let, let's make it so that they don't have to do any of that work, mm-hmm. you know, and we can do a really cool piece there that connects with, you know, reconciliation. Because I think that's something that people forget about sometimes, mm-hmm. about reconciliation, is that the the era of reconciliation to me and to a, a lot, to us, to our organization, isn't about, just indigenous people right (laughs) you know yeah 
the founding of modern society and especially like colonial society was built on, you know, the bones of a lot of people, you know, and specifically people from, um, from any group that wasn't white. Yeah. You know, uh, and you you see the apology to Chinese Canadians and that just happened. And like, that's reconciliation, right. Mm It's like going back and trying to be like, well, wait a minute, you know, what has gone on, recognizing that and hearing that and exploring that and then saying okay well where are we now and and where do we want to be and and how do how do you become a good ally and how do you support that yeah and with the mural festival it's we don't we can't solve those problems but it's visibility and and that's the thing that comes back to the question you had before about public art and why it's important and Mm -hmm. it's because it, it gives this visibility to who we are and the things that we're we're worried about and the things also the things that we love the things that we like the things you know mm-hmm. uh and that's why for me that diversity piece is like i don't you know 10 artists doing 10 murals and you know one could be just a really pretty whatever you know colors and one landscape and the other could be like a highly political piece like and and that's actually giving people a voice you totally. know and that's where public art when done right, I think just it makes people in the city feel connected to the place they live and it makes people who come from other places feel connected to that place. Because they because they yeah. walk around and they're like, I don't just see buildings, like I see people. Mm-hmm. Like I see a, a sort of a heartbeat and a soul to the city that, you know, when you go to Melbourne or you go to Berlin or you go to, you know, these cities that, I mean, in some ways they have them because they're so old. It's just like, how can they not at this point? Sure. Um, so uh, we we uh, we just have a little bit of time left, but I need to ask you as a creator, as a contributor, a curator, you know, what's your big vision? What's your personal mission statement? I, I don't just mean for the Vancouver Mural Festival, uh, but but also for Hey Ocean and your other musical ventures and your advocacy work. Like, what's driving you? What's what's David Vertessi's mission statement? Oh, I don't know. Um... There's kind of a, <laughs> I, I, I might have to get back to you. On that. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's always out. I mean, the verdict's always out. That's you saying uh, you're going to come back again. Though. Yeah, I guess. I, I, it's always, um, you know, I, just, I, I think it's, I always like just doing different things. Yeah. And I just want to feel uh, connected and inspired and, and, um, and that comes in a lot of different forms mm-hmm. for me. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, in Hey Ocean, you know, there's a certain thing we're doing in my own music, you know, it's much more for me. It's mm-hmm. much more like my conduit to express myself and, and things I'm going through. Um, I work on other projects, which are just, they're just fun. Yeah. Like they're just totally stupid and fun. You know, I used to play in a band called Topless Gay Love Techno Party, <laughs> uh, which still is still around, and they're awesome. And I pl- played with them for a number of years and recorded a record with them. And uh, I love those guys. And and but it's just so fun. It mm-hmm. was just fun. And, yeah. And uh, and a great way to connect with my friends and and almost like I feel like almost like someone else would have like I don't know gone like had a hobby of some kind. <laughs> like you know it's. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a project I'm working on. I've been working on for a long time with uh, Shad K, the okay, rapper. Yeah. yeah, like, a, but it's like a garage pop rock 
project. Cool, cool. Uh, so that kind of thing. I mean, it, so it's, I just like, I think I will get bored yeah. if I do the same thing. And even within Hey Ocean and within each of those projects, like trying to change change it up, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like no two Hey Ocean songs sound the same. And sure. And then within advocacy, it's it's, it's you know looking for that meaning, but also like I I don't want to get stuck in one place, and that's why I say like I'm not looking for the Mural Fest to be this thing that's around for all time. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't think uh, that necessarily makes what you do more important. Right. You know, just because you were, uh, we've been here for 30 years, you know. I guess it's it's that uh, metric song where they say, who would you rather be, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? And I guess (laughs) I'd rather be the Beatles, I suppose, because it's, you're just like, well, you know, you can just have this incredible impact. Yeah. Actually, you know what I'd liken it to is uh, British TV. (laughs) How so? Versus American TV. Like, uh, um, there's sort of this approach in British TV in some of British TV where it's, you know, you create a show and it's like a season and a season for them might be like six episodes mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, or three, two episodes, you know, or, you know, the office was only however long when it was with the, you know, the, the British office. That's right. Yeah. And they're like, cool, we did that. And now it's done. Yeah. You tell the story. We did it. It's done. And now not grasping for straws I'm going to do something else. Yeah. And so people start following and they go, this is from the same people who made The Office, you know, right. and they were like, I love those guys. You know, I want to see the next thing. And then they, you know, you're following the creators as they do all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the American model, you know, The Office is the classic thing where, you know, it went on for a million seasons. Yeah. And that really stretched it out. Really. And yeah. Was it a great show? Was it super funny? And yeah, that's great. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. But I just think I maybe, you know, I'm. I'm more into that other thing where you say, you know, with Singing Forward, we did it for a number of years. And then we said, right. you know, like, that's great. We did. We did that. Yeah. yeah. And Makes and it's, it's also like I'm not opposed to doing it again. Like we did Singing Forward again for the Junos this year. And mm-hmm. like I don't have this like it has to be this and it's only this or it's got to be this or it's got to be this long or this. It's just I don't know. You kind of got to set out what you want to do and then just do it. Yeah. Love it. Which is kind Love of hard. That. I think hard for some people maybe to, to, to it's, approach it's, that. But. It can be hard to take the plunge on anything, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that, that's sound advice of just being flexible and yeah. and and not being tied to something being forever. And, and work backwards. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think, like, if, when you start being like, this is where I think I want to be. And and then you start saying, okay, well, what, what does that reasonably mean? Yeah for myself sure you know uh, i think so many musicians don't do that like they don't start by saying what kind of career do i want right or what kind of art do i want to make i mean whatever what's most important to you and you know and what do you want to do and then then start working backwards yeah and be kind of ruthless with yourself and be flexible to say wait a minute is this what i really want you know yeah for sure uh i have to ask you hey ocean the uh, the record the yep. the herd of happiness came out in april yeah and you've been playing some shows, and yep. there's a full tour coming up as well. Yeah, we're playing. Uh, we actually play this weekend in Squamish for a festival, and then we're in. That uh, weekend will have passed by by the time this is released, but that's okay. okay Skookum, yeah. we can talk about Skookum. Skookum, yeah, <laughs> we'll be playing Skookum in September, um, and which will be really fun. We're playing. We're headlining uh, one of the side stages, so awesome. that'll be a really special show. Yeah, um, it's the 10 year anniversary of one of our records. If it's easier to be somebody else, so oh, we're cool. we're sort of. Trying to integrate more of those, some of those songs into the set at the same time as integrating even more new songs. So it's yeah. like kind of 
weird dichotomy. Um, so the tour will be, I think that'll be a really, it'll be really fun, like a walk down memory lane, but also, you know, a glimpse into the future and, and totally. doing this current current record. Um, Baby coming with you? No. No? Well, uh, yeah, Maybe probably a bit? not. I don't no. know. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish. I. It's hard to be apart from from her at any given time, but. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do your thing. Actually, the cool thing that we've done this year is we've, you know, we will have done, you know, a circuit of uh, a large part of, you know, North America, um, you know, twice through Canada and then uh, west coast of the U.S. and east, northeast of the of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we won't have toured for more than two weeks at a time. Okay. At any point, so that's really nice. Yeah. Because I'm old now and I'm tired, <laughs> and touring is. Fun. You look neither. You I look, look neither. neither old nor tired. <laughs> You're looking good. Um, I mean, you've you've been you've been killing it this year. Like I said, I, I'm so impressed. And thanks, um, man. I mean, it, that means a lot. No, sure. I, I I mean that. And uh, for someone who hasn't experienced the Vancouver Mural Festival, like myself, mm-hmm. like I've seen some of the murals around town, mm-hmm. um, but I'm gonna go to the 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 festival for the first time this year. What's your recommendation for first timers? What what should I do? Go to as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, during the week, so great. Um, if you're interested, I mean, there's a mix. So we have uh, some panels and things and and talks, and then we also have parties. Um, uh, super snag like this. Uh, if you don't know what snag is, it's a it's an event at the it's now at the American Bar. It used to be at the Cobalt. Um, okay. Been running for four or five years now of just alternative arts, live art, raffled out. Um, so they have live people live painting and just, it's a really, it's a, if you are like, I want to see the Vancouver art scene or Mm -hmm. part of this part of the alternative art scene, like you go there and that's, there's a huge section of people there and it's so fun and it's really inspiring. So they do like that, but on steroids for the mural fest. So there's all these VMF alumni who are painting and then you can win the art and raffle there. And then there's like mural battle inside and two artists painting and all sorts of things so i definitely that's i highly recommend that um any of the talks are super interesting we're doing something with uh sfu uh public square um mm-hmm. and uh something with thrive our, uh art studio which is all, all an all-woman arts group okay who does talks which is all women from the festival um but it's for men and women to usually it's just for women but for the festival it's for men and women and i find that it's just super interesting yeah um because women, especially in in art, but especially in street art and muralism, are, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a slug for them. It's it's sure. not easy, and they're in street art. They're very underrepresented. Um, so it's super interesting. Uh, all that stuff. We have a party on the Friday, painters prom, and then on the day of the fest. I mean, you just got to come out and you just got to wander, and you yeah. got to it's it's you, you know come down at twelve or one and and be ready to stay for the day and and check it out and get a drink get some food um and if you can get tickets to the park show uh which is the the live nation event i mentioned mm-hmm. um that's going to be an amazing finale to the whole thing so awesome cool yeah. um we've already talked about googling vancouver mural festival but yeah. uh if someone doesn't want to do that they want to go straight to the the social media yeah apps. van mural fest yeah on all, all social media um and instagram i think is the main one that okay we, we use the cool. most um, and you'll get tons of updates there. There's blogs on our website too about if you want to learn like more about some of the stuff I was talking about. There's lots of little blogs, interviews nice. with groups we work with on our website and and that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. 
And you're on a social media break, though. You're not on that stuff. Now. You're right. I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking a break, and it's amazing. <laughs> How's that been? Yeah? I don't know if I'm going back. Yeah. Oh, really? Good yeah. for you. I, it's, it's, you're too, out. it's too nice. Yeah. <laughs> I find myself sometimes pulled back in, not because I want to, but because there are things where I'm like, I think they wrote me on Facebook. Ah, you right. know? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, I have yeah. to go on Facebook and like open my messages and like, yeah. it's like, 200 unread messages and I'm just like well not 200 that's an exaggeration but you know whatever 25 okay and I'm just like I feel like 200 it feels like 200 I'm just like oh god I don't want to look at this I'm trying to but it's it's amazing there's a there's a bunch of stress that comes from that that I didn't even Mm -hmm. I I knew that there I was stressed from it like I knew that there was this thing but I don't think I appreciated how stressed I was and how much of this sort of like general aura of like discomfort was coming from this addiction. I mean, there's research that's shown that it's it's the exact same part of your brain that fires when you're using Instagram and social media as when you're uh, gambling. Right. Yeah. Because you're doing the same thing. You're having this kind of like, will anyone have commented on me? I mm-hmm. won, or no one did, and you keep going back. And, and the visual it. stimulation as well that you yeah. get from from seeing those the red dot of the notification or whatever. Yeah. It is. So it's it's I when I stopped, I was like, holy. Crap! I am addicted to that. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, good I, for you for getting know. off, man. I, I. We'll see if it sticks. You know, I just take it, take it one day at a time. But <laughs> definitely, right now, it's not hard. Yeah, good. You have you have much bigger things to focus on. But and then I've I've also re uh, refocused my uh, my addiction to uh, to stupid games on my phone. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> just like because it's like. I need something to do and yeah. in those times, you know, where you're like, oh, my brain is spinning. And yeah. it's like, you know, you know how like some people are like quit smoking and then they just drink so much coffee or right. they start yeah. doing something else, you know, or they become addicted to you're juice. You're weaning off it. You're weaning off Yeah. It. But instead I'm like, okay, I won't, <laughs> I won't go on and do this stupid social media thing, but instead I'll go on and do like cookie cats or something and like play some stupid <laughs> game that is just like, what am I even playing? It would be so. I'm sure anyone sees me on a plane, like they look at me, and I've got like tattoos and sunglasses, and <laughs> they're sitting there like whatever, crash. and then they look over and they're like, "Oh, he's playing Cookie Cats." Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Like, what the hell? You know? I think that's a great ad for Cookie Cats. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, we got to wrap it up here on on behalf of a lot of people. Thank you so much for your contributions to literally making Vancouver more colorful, beyond Thanks. all the politics and the challenges that the city faces. It's people like you that that bring together communities, extend themselves for others, and um, make this place such a wonderful place to live. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you being here. You are a shining example (laughs) of everything colorful in this city. Ladies and gentlemen, the hardest working daddy in this city, (laughs) David Vertesi. And I'm Mo Amir, telling you that in a city where you can be anything, be colorful. Peace.